uh, are entering into the kind of the fall seasons, getting a little cooler. Uh, and with that, uh, kind of a new season, uh, kind of the fall season as in the life of the church. And let me just kind of remind you of who we are and where we're going. Uh, our church here, First Church, we exist. And if you're new, I encourage you to get to know your section leaders. Section leaders have lanyards on. They've got little coffee connections at the back. So I encourage you to get to know them as you leave. It's a good way to get connected to First Church. But our vision here at First Church is igniting Christ's passion in everyday people to restore God's ideal. So that's what we want to do. We want to restore God's ideal in this world, and we, we have a strategy to accomplish that. And there's three things. Real, it's real simple. Three things, to worship, to grow, to serve. So I just want to ask you a question, and that is, will you consider uh, this fall kind of going all in and working that strategy, being a part of, of what we're doing here? And so the first part is to worship. Would you be committed uh, this fall to, to worship? To, to be regular in worship, to, to allow God to speak to you through, through these corporate kind of worship times. And so we encourage you to do that. So to worship, the second piece is to grow. To be a follower of Jesus, to learn what it means to be a follower of Jesus, you need to grow in your faith. And so I encourage you to, to, to find a place to get connected. This uh, fall we've got a lot of great opportunities, a lot of classes that get started actually this week. And you, it's not too late, you can get signed up out actually out in the lobby uh, today. There's a, a a booth at the info hub it's called and the, all the different classes we're offering there's little brochures you can you can get to get to know what's going on you saw the video if you're here early enough you saw some of the testimonies from people that uh how these classes individual smaller groups have really made a difference in life so so where are you growing where's a place where you're growing in your faith and studying god's word and the third piece is serving the disciple of christ worship grow serve so what's it look like for you to, to serve? Where are you, where are you living out your faith? Where are you serving someone else? And so uh, as we think about that, we have, uh, over the last few years, we've expanded and started a couple campuses. And with that, we've, had, we've sent people over to Stevensville recently. We've sent people over to Benton Heights. And uh, we've got children's ministry going at each of those locations. And so we've kind of taken you know, people that used to serve here and over there. And we've got ushers over there and greeters and different things. And so that means that here sometimes there's some some holes and there's some holes in some of those places. So we need people to step up. So if you've been wondering, wow, you know, I'd like to serve. I'd like to find a place. Consider this your confirmation from God <laughs> that, uh, that, uh, that yes, he does want you to get involved. But it doesn't just have to be in the, within the walls of the church. We've got a great opportunity with a, with a Just for Life program. It's a place for you to, where you can go serve out in the community or the, or the soup kitchen. or There's any number of places to serve. Where are you serving or fleshing out or living out your faith? That's who we are here at First Church. I encourage you to, to get involved as we move forward together. We're in this series, we just are getting started, called Family Chat. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Matthew 5, because this uh, series is based on the teaching of Jesus called the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are eight sayings that Jesus had where he said, blessed are the, and then he, then he said something cool that really is life-changing and affects our, our, our life in a very practical uh, way. I, I have loved having the opportunity to collaborate with our campus pastors on sermon stuff, and so we were talking about trying to do something uh, this fall and kind of exploring some ideas, and Pastor Kevin said, oh, I, I, uh, I heard this, uh, this pastor, he, he used the Beatitudes and applied it to family, Craig Rochelle, and he said, hey, we should, and so that, we should use that, and so that's kind of the idea, so I want to give that credit to Pastor Kevin kind of helping us with this, uh, this series. And so anyway, uh, let's look at this this series where we're taking, again, the truth about that from Jesus, where he said, blessed are, here's what the blessed life looks like, and apply it to our families. Last week, we took the beatitude, blessed are those who 
hunger and thirst after righteousness. And we applied that into probably the, the thing that our culture is talking about the most, the SCOTUS ruling, the recent ruling, and how that affects gay, mar- gay marriage and all that. And how does that affect us? And what's, a, what's God's word say on, on hungry and thirsting after righteousness in that context? And so I posted, if you missed it, you can check that online. There's a lot of resources I posted as well on that. And so let's look at this second uh, installation of, of uh, Jesus' teaching, Matthew chapter 5, and let's look at verse 9 and apply Jesus' words to our family when Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Uh, if you were here several weeks ago, we took a passage of scripture from the Old Testament and from Jeremiah where, where God tells us to, to seek the shalom of the people where, you, uh, where you're living. And so we learn that, uh, that idea that, that the Jews would have about peace is shalom, but we learn that it's more than just the absence of conflict. The peace is, is more than just the absence of conflict. It's really talking about the, the total welfare of people. To seek the highest good of people. So Jesus says, blessed are the shalom brokers, blessed are the peace distributors, blessed are the peacemakers, he says. And if your family's like normal families in this world, and it doesn't even have to be families, but just uh, you know, in our relationships, sometimes there's a, a significant lack of peace. How many of us have a psycho in our family that just destroys the peace? Would you just admit that? Okay, just put your hand up. You, you, you just are not afraid to admit, yes, we have that person. And now there's a lot of people that don't have your hand up. And let me just say, you might be the psycho, okay? <laughs> just want to throw that out there. So today you might want to pay attention because you could be the one everybody else is thinking about in your family right now, okay? Uh, you need some help. Uh, I, read, I, I, I listened actually to a, a news report this week where there was a, in an affluent suburb of uh, Atlanta, that a 911 operator got a call from a woman and she says, you need to send the police, my, my kids are trying to kill my husband and I. And true story, on the news, you can check it out. Um, and what had happened was the, the boys had uh, put something in their, where they were drinking at, at night, hoping that that would knock them out. And then they were, had come into the bedroom and they were trying to beat the parents to death, the, 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 when the police get there, they're bloodied and beaten. They are going to survive, by the way, side note. Um, they were also, you could see where they were trying to set the house on fire. They're going to try to, to burn everything down, uh, you know, after they had, uh, had gotten rid of their parents. I mean, what kind of crazy world do we live in that, that's, that there's, so, there's such a lack of peace that, that that's the solution that seems okay? And you, 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 in your family, in your home, or whatever, and again, it can be your extended family, or if you apply it, to, you know, in job, workplace, whatever, you might have, not have that level of craziness going on, but, but there is a lot of times a level of craziness. So what did Jesus say? What did he speak into that? He said, blessed are the peacemakers. So how can we apply that into our homes, where mother-in-laws are sticking their nose into our parenting? Or what, what, how can we apply that into our homes when kids are always fighting with their siblings? Or how can we apply that in our homes when teenagers feel like their parents are control freaks that are always blown up over the smallest issues? How can we apply that in our homes when there is just this simmering, 
just attitude of, of resentment that you could cut with a knife? How can we apply that into our homes when there are aunts and uncles that we can't seem to forgive over some issue that happened years ago that we don't even really remember what really happened? And again, what did Jesus say? Blessed are the peace makers, the shalom dealers, the peacemakers. And that's kind of an interesting term, that term, a peacemaker. Now, we're familiar with the term peacekeepers. The United Nations, when, they, when, they, when there's some hot spot in the world, they send the peacekeepers to kind of try to keep the peace in that region, wherever that region or that hot spot in the world is. But Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. So what's the difference between a peacekeeper and a peacemaker? Well, peacekeepers want to try to avoid conflict in order to keep the peace. Maybe you're one of those peacekeepers. That's kind of the way that you are in your family. You're the one that, that tries to ignore the conflict, tries to, to, to uh, pass off the conflict, tries to keep everybody kind of uh, getting along, trying, you try to keep the peace. Peace is not the absence of conflict when there's unresolved issues in our home. When there's that simmering discontent within the, uh, right under the surface in our relationships, that's not peace when we just ignore that. Peacekeepers, they may avoid conflict, but they're creating anything but real intimacy. Real intimacy is not created when we ignore the issues. So peacemakers, on the other hand, embrace conflict in order to make peace. So peacemakers are willing for things to get a little messy so that issues can be dealt with, so that things can, 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 can uh, come out, so that, 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 that discontent, those issues that we've, have been avoided can be dealt with. Crystal and I, there were quite a while that we hadn't kind of gotten the memo on this issue. And we kept the peace, but we didn't make the peace, and there's a difference. And we finally understood the difference to these uh, to in, the, in, in, our, in our relationship, in our marriage, the difference between peacekeeping and peacemaking. Romans chapter 12, verse 17 and 18 says this, Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Do not over, be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. What did, what did he say? As far as it depends on you. So if it was all about you, if you were the only one that was, 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 was engaged in this, in, in, this, in this situation, as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. And what did Jesus say? Blessed are the peace. Makers. So what does it look like for us to take the role, if it, as far as it depends on us? So, And again, this is truth. Even if you are not yet a follower of Jesus Christ, I'm glad you're here and would encourage you to consider applying this truth about being a peacemaker because uh, God's truth always works. And try to apply this truth in your life. And so what did, what did you say? Blessed are the peacemakers. And so if we accept that role as a peacemaker, what does that look like? Well, let me kind of try to give you some practical things. So my role as a peacemaker, if I'm going to be a peacemaker, I need to tell the truth, but I need to do it in love. I tell the truth in love. Like we talked about last week, that we need to be a church that strives to speak truth, but we need to speak that truth in love. 
Both are vital. Truth's important. Love's important. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15 says, Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is head into Christ. So like Ephesians says, we need to speak the truth in love. Now, notice what it says. It doesn't say, not, it doesn't say to yell the truth in love. But he says to speak. He uses a very specific word. To speak the truth in love. And so he doesn't say to speak the truth, and he ends there, because sometimes we want to speak the truth, but we don't, do it, we don't want to do it with love. And other times we just want to talk about love, and we don't want to speak the truth. And so all of those are important. Speaking, not yelling, the truth, plus doing it with love. Each piece is important. So let me just kind of give you some practical Points as we think about this role, accepting this role as a peacemaker, we speak the truth in love, and so we speak the truth. And so it matters how we say it. It matters the, the attitude that we say it, it with. And so when we're trying to make the peace. So the emotions that, that underlie the truth that we are sharing, it matters. So if you're speaking to somebody, maybe you're a parent and you're speaking to your, to your, to your kid, but you're not to your child, but you're not speaking, you're speaking the truth, but you're not doing it in love. Newsflash, they get that. They can sense that. Maybe in, in, in your work life. Maybe you're the boss and you're speaking the truth, but you really have that person's best interest at heart. Are you really trying to help them as you speak the truth to them? What would it look like if you applied this across the board to speak the truth in love? People can tell what our underlying agenda is. When you're hiding your contempt for the person, they may not be able to tell totally what's going on, but they can tell something's not quite right. So we speak the truth in love with that best interest, that person's best interest in heart because it matters. Another piece of practical life advice as we think about trying to flesh out this, this command of Jesus, this idea of Jesus of being peacemakers, that we need to speak the truth in love and it matters when we do it. So you don't speak the truth in love when you're in the middle of a conflict. So when everybody's real heated, I, we learned, I learned a long time ago uh, and I've tried to apply it in my marriage uh, and in life in general, when our emotions are really high, it's not a good time to have a conversation about something. Because our ability, when our emotions are really high, our ability to reason is really low. So when everybody's upset and everybody's kind of heated and there's some kind of something, you know, some kind of conflict that you're in the middle of, uh, and everybody's their emotions are at their height, that's not the best time to introduce some new truth that you are supposedly speaking in love. It's not going to be received well. So what does it look like for us to speak the truth, to do it in love, but we need to do it at the right time. We need to consider when to speak. And then as we think about speaking the truth in love, we need to make sure that we're confronting the issues and not the person. So it's not, I'm speaking the truth in love and I, and I, I think I'm doing that and I'm throwing in all these personal attacks as I'm talking about the issues. We need to confront the issue, not the person. How do the, how does, how's whatever is being talked about, how does that affect you? How does that, how does that affect other people? So, for instance, something like maybe um, you don't listen to me. I don't feel like you value me. 
Or when you don't listen to me, I don't feel like you value me. Or when you raise your voice, uh, I don't feel safe, the kids and I. Or when you continue to check your phone at the table, uh, at the dinner table while I'm talking to you, I don't feel valued. Okay, maybe I'll, let me say that one again. Okay, did you catch that? When you continue to check your phone at the table when I'm talking to you, I feel devalued. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 14 says, strive for peace with everyone. And for the holiness with which, without which, no one will see the Lord. Peace will never be found at the expense of truth. Peace will never be found at the expense of holiness or, or, or doing things the right way. It will never be found or discovered, peace made, when we forget love. Truth and love. So it matters how we say it. It matters when we say it. It matters why we speak the truth in love. Another little piece of advice as we think about the role as a peacemaker and living that out, I need to apologize when I'm wrong. James chapter 5 verse 16 says, therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So peacemakers are willing to admit when they're wrong. They're willing to admit when they've sinned against another person. They're willing to admit when they've made a mistake. Um, we have a, a, a dog, her name's Daisy, and she's a standard poodle, so she's pretty good size. And we happened to be, Crystal and I and Daisy, happened to be in the car together, and we were driving here to the church, and Daisy likes to, we have a car that has a kind of a console in the middle, and Daisy likes to put her front feet on that console, and then her back feet on the back seat, and so she's kind of standing there so that everybody, if they want to potentially have the chance to pet her, they can Okay, she wants to be like right there, just in case you get a wild hankering to, uh, to pet her while you're driving down the road, I'm right here for you, okay? So, uh, and so we're driving, and, and we were going to arrive at the church a little past when I thought that we should arrive. Okay, you kind of catching my drift. And so I was probably driving, possibly, a little faster than I should have been driving. Uh, and so we're right up here by Chili's. Uh, and we're uh, coming into that intersection, and the light turns yellow, uh, and this is in the morning, and the light turns yellow, and so I kind of tap on the brake. Now, you get in the picture in your head. Crystal has, in the cup holder that's like just a, six inches away from Daisy's front two paws, she has this huge glass of Diet Dr. Pepper. And when I tap on the brakes, Daisy comes crashing into the to the and so tapping is a little bit of an exaggeration and so she comes smashing into that and I, she must have put her paw into the into the cup because there and I preachers maybe sometimes exaggerate I'm not exaggerating when I say her that 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 cup that huge cup of soda exploded in the front seat of the car and I just want to just kind of throw this out there as well not a drop went on the driver Um, and so Daisy's like dazed and I look over and you know, if you've been around me anytime at all, uh, I love to laugh, have a good time. And, but I have learned in almost 25 years of ministry or of marriage, (laughs) marriage, that there is an appropriate time not to laugh. This was one of those times. Okay. So Crystal, literally she, it was like 
pouring off her. It was everywhere. It was all over her clothes, and, and the dog is stunned. And so I drove onto the church, not laughing, and she had to go home and totally change her outfit. And so I didn't really say much. I just kind of got out of the car. And then later on, I came down and I said, Crystal, um, I just want to say I'm sorry for, uh, uh, for what happened. I'm sorry you had to go home and change. I'm sure that was real frustrating. Uh, so I just want to say I'm sorry. Uh, and she was very gracious. Um, uh, she wasn't real pleased. I kind of, you know, I've been married 25 years. I can kind of tell she wasn't real pleased, but she accepted my my apology. Peacemakers are willing to admit their mistakes. Now, James was talking about to confess your sins. It wasn't a, a sin that I slammed on the brakes and the dog comes crashing into her drink and spills my, her drink everywhere. It, but it was a mistake. I wasn't really driving like I should have. I should have been thinking a little better. Peacemakers admit mistakes. What would it look like in our families if we would admit our mistakes? What would it look like if we did what James says, if we confessed our sins to one another and prayed for another? What would it look like? How would our families, how would the dynamic change? How would the peace change within our families if we lived that way? When I was a kid, I used to love watching the show Happy Days. Anybody remember Happy Days? Fonzie? Okay, remember Fonzie? Okay, if you're like younger, a lot younger than me, then get on YouTube and look up Fonzie from Happy Days. You can kind of see who Fonzie is. But Fonzie was this guy that could never, what could, what could he never do? He could never say he was sorry. He could never admit that he's wrong. So you look up on YouTube and look up Fonzie from Happy Days saying he's wrong. And it's a funny little clip. I looked it up. So... Um, I've already done it, so I looked at it. It was kind of cool. So if you don't know who Fonzie is, Fonzie would have made a horrible peacemaker. Peacemakers are able to admit they're wrong. Let me give you a little tip as you apologize, as you admit that you're wrong. Admit as specifically as you can to the action and to the attitude that you have. So it's not... It, so, and with no excuses. So, it, it was, so when I went to Crystal, it wasn't, I'm sorry I spilled the drink on you, but you really should have been paying attention. That does not work. I don't know if you, some of you guys are a little slower to the, to the party here when it comes to how to apologize. So that may be the way that you do it. That does not work well. Or, or to, to, have been able, to, to have said, and Crystal's not in here, right? Okay. <laughs> To have been able to say something like, well, I'm sorry that that drink spilled on you, but if you hadn't made me late in the first place, I would have been trying to rush. <laughs> That's not really the best way to apologize or to admit your mistakes. So here's what it should look like instead. I'm sorry. I, I should have been paying attention better. I know that must have been frustrating for you to have to go home and change. Or on another subject, something, something like this. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have raised my voice. I, you know, please forgive me. Or I'm sorry, I should have called and let you know where I, where I was or why I'm late. I'm sorry, I shouldn't have blown up and said what I said to you. And I shouldn't have said it in the tone that I said it in. And let me just say to you, moms and dads, it's okay to admit when you're wrong. To admit your mistakes. Your kids need to see that you can admit when you've blown it and that you're willing to take responsibility. Another thought is, as we think practically how to flesh it out, is that there's a difference between remorse and repentance. 
In remorse, I'm sorry that I got caught. In remorse, I'm sorry that you're upset. In remorse, uh, I'm sorry that you're going through a hard time. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about repentance. Repentance is admitting you blew it. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Will you forgive me? I'm sorry is when you've made a mistake. Will you forgive me is when you've sinned against the other person. So I'm sorry. It was a mistake. I'm, I'm sorry that I slammed on the brakes. Will you forgive me is some other issue where I, where I wronged the other person and I sinned against the other person. Now there's a final thing. There's a thing about my role as a peacemaker that I forgive and I let go. And let me just admit, there's some of you that when you think about being a peacemaker, this step would be the toughest for you. Because there's stuff that has gone on with you and these other people or the dynamic is such. And again, it can be on a, in the workplace, it can be in your family, wherever. And it would be really, really, really hard for you to forgive someone. To let it go. You've been hurt deeply. You've been betrayed. You've been wronged on a level that maybe there's no one else in this entire room that even understands what you have gone through. But understanding that and, and acknowledging that, but, but what God's word tells us is clear. It says it in Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, you also must forgive. And there's any number of places in Scripture where it talks to us about that we need to forgive. That you have been forgiven, you need to forgive. If, you have, if, if God has forgiven you, who are you to hold something against someone else? And when I say that we need to forgive and to let go, that doesn't mean that forgive and forget. That's not in Scripture. That's not practical to forgive and forget. But to forgive and let go. To forgive and to acknowledge, you know what, God? Unless you help me, there is no way that I can forgive that person. There's no way I can forgive that wrong. I need your help. And the cool thing is that any time that God tells us to do something, encourages us to do something, any time that Jesus says to do something, he will always help us to be able to have the strength to do it. And that's what we're going to see. When we accept the role of a peacemaker and we accept uh, forgiving someone and letting go, God's going to help us with that. But what does he say? He says, forgive as we have been forgiven. That's the way that we need to forgive. He says, and you must forgive. That's a key word, that we must forgive. And, and so how are you forgiven? You could stand up. You wanna, everybody want to stand up and share their, their sins with the group? Uh, probably not. How are you forgiven of your sins? Did you have to earn uh, God's favor to be forgiven? God forgave us just the way we were. We didn't have to earn it. He didn't forgive us when we deserved it. And so the way that we have been forgiven is the way that we need to forgive. And why do we need to do that? Because relationships matter. Because families matter. Because families are worth fighting for. Because, because our families are, are worth forgiving. Worth giving another chance. Worth seeking uh, peace for. To be a peacemaker. So peacemakers, even when it gets tough, need to ask for God's help so you, you don't walk out on the marriage. Peacemakers uh, uh, are able to, to let go and forgive the crazy, uh, the crazy, whatever the crazy uncle did. Peacemakers... Help us to be able to forgive our parents that wronged us years ago or a kid that wronged us. Peacemakers, with God's help, are able to forgive the, 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 the kid that's in rehab for the umpteenth time. 
and continue to love. With God's help, we can forgive and we can love and we can let go. Because when we let go, then we, we turn it over to God. And we ask for his help and for him to intervene and him to deal the situation as he sees fit. And God, I'm going to trust you as, as I struggle to forgive. But God, I'm going to trust you. The best resource that I've ever read, and I've shared with you before, but we got a lot of new folks around. I want to throw it out to you again. Is a book by R.T. Kendall, Total Forgiveness. If you have someone in your life, there's a relationship that you need to forgive someone and you are struggling uh, to be able to do that. It's the greatest book I've ever read on the subject. Totally changed my life. Helped me to forgive in a situation I was uh, dealing with. Uh, I'm sure you can order it from the Christian bookstore, uh, uh, Parable Bookstore just up the road. They can order it for you. It's a great book. What does Paul say in Romans? As far as it depends on you, live at peace. So as far as it depends on you, not the other person, but as far as it depends on you. So what's the step that you can take today to be a peacemaker? What did Jesus say? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Some of your Bibles have blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called children of God. As a parent at this point in my life, one of the greatest compliments you could pay me is to be able to say that you see something positive (laughs) about me uh, in my two boys. To be, for you to be able to see something, uh, a redeeming quality in me, to be able to see that in the boys, to be able to to know that that I've passed something of what's good about me, that that, that they've learned something, and to be able to see that, that whatever that is in them, and that's a, that's a positive thing. What does, what does Jesus say? He says that this world will know that, that you are sons of God or children of God when you are peacemakers. Peacemakers will be called sons of God. Those people are God's people when we become people that are peacemakers. They invite our worship team to come back up. And this morning we have the opportunity to, to take communion. Communion is a, a time when we remember what Jesus did for us. And what Jesus did for us is he gave his life for us. Jesus in scripture is called the Prince of Peace. And when we think about Jesus as the Prince of Peace, what we're going to do is to have the have an opportunity to remember what He did for us. Because He made a way for us to have peace with God. And so this morning, if you are far from God, I would encourage you to, to, to think about that relationship, to allow Christ's sacrifice that He made. When, when you think about the, His body that was broken on the cross, His blood that was shed, the, the, the cup that represents that, to accept that sacrifice that Jesus Christ made for you. To make peace with God through Jesus Christ. To accept that gift into your life. Today as you take communion is a chance for you to be reconciled for that. For you to have peace with God. And as you do that, then to think about beyond that relationship you have with God. To think about, okay God, how could you help me as, as I accept the peace that you give me? How could I in turn be a peacemaker in my life? In my family? On the, in, in my workplace? Heavenly Father, as we thank you for these elements, we pray, God, that you would help them to remind us of your Son. That the bread represents the the body of Christ that was given for us. And God, we would say thank you. And we pray that you would bless this bread that represents the body of Christ.
And then we think about the, the cup that represents the blood of Jesus Christ that was, that was spilt for our forgiveness. That we can be forgiven. The, 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 the penalty for our sin has been paid in Jesus Christ. And God, we thank you and we celebrate the fact that through your son, we can have peace with you. And God, then, as we have this time, I pray, Father, that you would help it to really come home for us and help us, God, to apply the truth of your Son. Help us, God, to accept the mantle of being a peacemaker in our world and in our home. Help us to be those kind of people. As you have changed us, help us as we are changed to go into our world and to make peace. God, I thank you for these elements. I pray your blessing on them. Help us now as we remember Jesus. For it's in his name that we pray. Amen. And so this morning at the corners of the room, we have the elements. And we also have people that are walking around. If you can't get up, that's okay. And just motion to them or make eye contact to them as they walk around the room. And they'll bring the elements to you. But I would encourage you to come and you can uh, kneel or stand or take it back to your seat. And take the, the bread that represents the body of Christ. Dip it into the cup that represents the blood. And remember what Jesus Christ did. And we'll just do that uh, during this next, next set of worship. But won't you come and worship and remember Jesus?